0: Hi, this is your Fungeon Master, David Hallman, and I'm here to talk to you about Enchanted Manor Mead. Now, the Enchanted Manor Meadery is the official meadery of the Texas Renaissance Festival, and actually uh, a place I worked for a good f- five to seven years. They make excellent mead, and they also have a mead club where you can sign up and receive three bottles of mead to your door every three months. And two of those flavors in that box are gonna be experimental things. Things like hibiscus habanero, kumquat, s'mores, Halloween, wait, hold on, Halloween? It says Halloween on, what the hell? Halloween's not a okay. Anyway, if you'd like to check them out, Their website is mead.today, and if you'd like to buy some mead, use offer code POD10 at checkout to get 10% off your order. The Enchanted Manor Meadery. Good mead made by good people.
1: Vampires. Am I a vampire? Doesn't that sound a little mystical. What's next you're going to ask me about ghosts and ghouls? (laughs) I'm just kidding. Of course, I am a vampire. There are a lot of us in space. We found out that the only sun that can kill you is the one that your sire is from, so no sun, no sunburn. The strange thing is, though, that when vampires of other species are created, they still have to intake blood through whatever they use as a mouth. There is this one species the Chupamano, their mouths are on the ends of their fingers, and they really, really like belly buttons. It's... well, let's say vampires typically try not to turn them, just for everyone's sake. Anyway, since you asked, here's a pamphlet letting you know how the rest of your life is going to be. Oh, wait, you didn't think I was just going to let you go, did you?
2: Welcome back, fellow traveller to Good Better Quest. Join us as we go on a long errand. Everybody and welcome to Good Better Quest on our Good Better Side Quest, A Long Errand. I am your Fungin monger, Nolan Lacey. As always, playing with me a game for your entertainment are my friends. We will begin with our guest. Please introduce yourself and tell us where we can find you.
3: Hi, I'm Nicola. You can find me on the interwebs, on the Twitterverse, um, at Nekola the Druid, N E K O L A. Oh, I'm playing Raquel, the adorable psychic.
2: I was about to ask, who the fuck are
3: you? <laughs> I don't even know.
4: <laughs> um, my name is Doug. I play Jake Lucas. You can find me on Twitter at Doug G B Q. Uh, and uh, the character that I play, I've already said his name is Jake Lucas, <laughs> and he and he has a tummy ache.
2: <laughs> I kind of to say he doesn't have any his tummy is not full of secrets anymore no mm-mm, it's, mm-mm. he it's has expunged empty. secrets it's a hard passing when you got secrets man
0: oh god let me tell you
2: the 30s hit you and those secrets just don't you pretty don't much move anymore the only way to
0: get it out you gotta chug a bottle of olive oil it's the only way
4: oh god <laughs> oh. cut that
0: out that's the most
4: awful mmm <laughs> 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 We just, like, lost all of our listeners. Everybody's like, yeah. nope.
0: <laughs> nope.
4: <laughs> what is, is Nicola doing even?
3: with these people? <laughs> 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 just... Blink twice if you need help. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's like you're going to get,
4: like, 50
0: messages. Nicola, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs>
3: you don't have to. You are a good person. You don't have to spend time with these guys. I know, but, like, the people who will really notice know that I'm not actually...
0: <laughs> For the podcast, she winked. I don't know what that means, but
2: <laughs> David, why don't you round out our
0: introductions? I am David Hallman, uh playing Hagen Young, Proud New Robot Papa. Uh yep Proud <laughs> okay. new robot papa.
2: <laughs> and with that. We are in a cave. Previously, the last several episodes, everybody had to run off on their own. You were cornered by the pirates and got separated. You've all gone off and discovered your own bits of this ship and have now created a confluence where you've all come together again. You are in the outer shell of the ship. You are essentially in the asteroid that you saw coming in. There's a a pocket that everybody has been surviving in. Hagen, you teleported there. Raquel and Jake, you both were helped there by some of the residents that live in this part of the ship. You're all coming together and you see each other around this bend. It hasn't been long.
4: But I'm going like to meet my else. new friends.
3: Papa. Oh, well, someone's been busy. I think
0: it was me. I think I was the busier one. I made life. I turned Jacker into a real boy. Well, real like me. Um, not he gestures with his hand like at, at Jake. He's <laughs> like,
4: not this. Jake cuts his eye at Raquel and, uh, and then kind of points, gestures back behind him and says, um, I don't know how many there are of these, but there's a lot. I think we can make use of that.
3: I, wow. I did not make life while we were gone, so I feel like I'm alone in this. Um, where did all of these people come from? People...
4: Let's go with people. Creatures. I think we go with people.
2: Beings. Feather walks up to you guys and stands right next to Jake and he he goes,
5: uh, well, there's actually 883 of us all together. Um, well, I guess there's 882 since, uh, you know, the doctor died, but, uh, what are we doing? We, we all kind of got caught up with Jake, but. We just kind of feel your emotions and we feel that you're like, urgently trying to do something and we're just we're just kind of following you, dude. What are we doing?
4: Jake looks around and he says, I don't know about you guys, but I saw a vampire punch through one of these and I think that maybe we ought to stop him.
0: Punch through what?
4: You see one of these people back here? Yeah. They were standing there They had taken the thing out of my gut. And one moment they were standing there, the next moment they had been punched through by a vampire. That's the only way I can describe it. They no longer exist in the world of the living. They are in pieces from a punch on the ground in a sloppy mess.
0: As a new papa, I know that all life is sacred. And... We cannot let this stand. The Vampirates, they can die. They are unlife. Yeah, that's how I'm gonna get around that paradox in my head. So let's go and let's fuck them up.
3: I say to Crumb telepathically, this is gonna be a thing for a while, isn't it?
2: Yeah, its it seems like it's gonna take a couple of centuries for him to get over having created life, but... Hey, I guess that's cool for him.
0: Jake, let me show you. I have all these photos of him in my wallet. Uh, And he he just... Oh, God, no. (laughs) He just... I have photos for you to see. And he opens his bender tummy and there's just like (laughs) snapshots that he's put magnets on like a fridge.
3: (laughs) But because he's only existed for like five minutes, they're literally just cut for like scenes from him moving from one side of the hall to the other.
0: It's it's like five minutes of existence, but like frame (laughs) by frame. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well, the way that you only do okay. for a first child. Yeah.
2: <sighs> Crumb floats up to you guys. He's he's just been kind of hovering around, inspecting the 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 creatures that are following you, Jake. And he he floats back to to hover next to Raquel and look at everybody. So, I, I know that. Calvin needs some help. It sounds like she was being attacked by the pirates, too. But it, I, I, I don't know. It seems like there's a lot going on. We have seers and oracles and the, the ship has some kind of field that's turning off technology. And I, I, I don't know. Where do, where should we start? Jake, did you lose something?
4: Um, Jake kind of points... Uh, Jake kind of points to his gut, and um, he says, "The thing that was in here, they took it out." And he, and he, for the first time, gets really cross about this, um, and and he, and he shouts like he shouts in his head at Raquel, and they still have it.
3: Am I able to pick up? when you do that, what the item is. Have you revealed that yet to us?
4: Not to y'all I haven't, no. Okay. No, you may get that there was an object that it had information on it, but that's, you know, you're gonna, I think the only thing that you'd pick up, the only thing that he would be really projecting is his frustration and anger that he doesn't have this thing in his possession anymore. Um, I try to shout, like I said, shout at her, they still have it. Then I say to Crumb, um, I, I think I'm gonna make it and kind of just grins and grimaces a little bit.
2: Crumb gives you a nod, Jake, and turns to the party. So we can put that on the back burner. I I think rescuing Calvin is probably at the top, but I know if she's able to get any of the systems up, she can hold out on the manticore for quite a while. Do you have any investigations you want to do? Do you guys want to strike out anywhere? What, what What do you, what's the plan?
4: Does anybody know the way back to where Calvin is? Because I think we take the fight there
0: i downloaded the map and stuff right
3: so on my way here i found the reason that the ship's not running um but we were kind of kind of kind of in a hurry so i didn't investigate why but it's in this big cliff like like the grand canyon of old and and it's a big light that circulates and that's what's preventing the systems from working And I think we need to get that, figure out what that is in order to get the manticore to work.
2: When you start talking about that feather comes up to you, they step into the middle of the circle.
5: Oh yeah, that's, um, that's, uh, you know, I've only heard it referred to as the anti-darkness field. I don't, I don't actually know exactly what it is, but pretty much anything it surrounds, it shuts off. Uh, you have to be surrounded by this really... You know, rare metal that they they found an entire vein of, and that's how that's how they coated the ship. That's why everything inside works. But uh, yeah, it it shuts off technology and it helps project a lot of psychic uh, abilities. That's that's what it does.
3: Mm, okay, well that saved us a lot of time. Uh, thank you. You may exit the circle. Um, <laughs> uh, Okay, well. Well, so it sounds like if we turn that off, shit's going to hit the fan real fast and uh, not prepared for that.
5: Uh, yeah, that would be that would be kind of bad. But um, hey, you know, it can't get any worse than it already is, I guess.
3: <laughs> I mean, you're adorable. It can. I Okay.
0: It's like if if Bubble Buddy talked like Kermit, like it's it's so great. Mm-hmm.
5: It's not easy being hollow. <laughs> Blast your eyeballs back in the shape. I have a
0: map. I have a map of the ship. Of a map of most of this place. If that's helpful. Yes, it is. I have that and a manifest of everyone on the ship. I'm assuming I could cross-reference that and and find find her.
2: Actually, I uh, I I wanted to ask you, Hagen. How did you even get here? And where's Jacker?
0: Oh yeah. Um, Crumb, I am a papa. Uh, I, I am a proud papa of a good, good jacker boy. And so, okay, here's how it happened. And like very quickly in like, in, 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 uh, like you transfer data just, just quickly in an actual computer. Like he sends like binary code <laughs> To Crumb. And I I assume Crumb is crazy on so many, like, crazy good at so much stuff. I can imagine, like, he can receive information like that. Is that accurate? Sure. Sure.
3: Yeah. We'll we'll go with that. So,
0: like, Hagen gives him his whole solo episode in, like, the span of 20 seconds. Yeah.
3: (laughs) And in that 20 seconds, Raquel is just standing between the two of them, like, they stop talking.
0: <laughs> wow, so you you took his head right off, huh? Oh yeah, it was awesome. It it was it was really cool. He was awful. I probably should have had a little bit more reverence, but he did have his fingers in my metal skull. So I felt less bad.
2: Oh yeah. No. If he's got his fingers in your skull, you you pull it off. Yeah. Fine. You yeah. got it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you do have teleportation
0: orbs, transportation orbs. Yeah, I have them. These uh, I got the teleportation orbs. They should be helpful.
2: How accurate do you think you can get with those, Hagen? Do you think you can teleport us right onto the Manticore, or? Ooh. I, I mean, I, I don't know how they work. So, if you know and you can get us there, maybe we give that a shot.
0: Hagen is doing math. In his head because if you want to do teleporting stuff, uh, that's what I've seen in movies and Umbrella Academy, um, <laughs> it, you you have to math. Okay, while you're thinking. pen and paper is involved.
5: <laughs> Feather turns to Jake. I don't think all of this can fit in there, do you, where do you want us to, like we don't want to just stay here, we want to help, what do you want us to do?
4: Can you make it to the docking bay where the manticore is being uh, uh, is being held? If you pull up the map, if you're looking at the map, you see the little square
2: at the top, the little tiny one over in the left-hand corner? That's where the manticore is. And you guys are inside the bottom
4: black rectangle. Oh, so we're like a thousand kilometers away from it.
2: Right, right.
4: Oh. Oh. Well, motherfuck. All right, what are we going to do? That doesn't
2: that doesn't mean that they can't do something. They, you know, if they're if they get into the ship, distractions, they can find some, they can fight people, they can they can do whatever you want them to. They can try and make it there. It's just going to take them a while. Cuz like some of them can move at
4: very fast speeds. Jake's going to turn around and he's going to feel this sort of, he's going to feel A a sense of power that is unhealthy and unnatural and he's gonna say all right the fastest among you go to the docking base
2: as you turn around to chip and you build this confidence inside yourself you can see that all of these creatures around you start to like puff their chests out and kind of bristle and like really build themselves up as well And Chip turns around and looks, and he starts speaking in a language that you don't understand. And these 20 pterodactyl-esque carapace clawed things swoop down and land right in front of him. And they walk on their hands, again, like a pterodactyl, and they come and they lower their heads down to where Chip and Jake are standing. And again, they speak in that language, and Chip looks back at you and goes, do you think these guys are going to be able to do it?
4: Jake just revels in this little bit of power, and he, he just nods at Chip, and he says, um, there's a ship there, sort of a, a blue, blue color. There's a captain inside, probably fighting some vampires. Sure would be nice if you fellas got there and didn't let them fuck up the ship too bad. Or the captain."
2: As you're explaining this to Chip, he climbs onto the the shoulders of one of these creatures. And a couple of other creatures that look similar to him also climb up, and one of them dips down, and Chip goes, you know, if you don't want to teleport, you, you can get on one of these babies.
4: Oh, shit. Okay, look, man. I, don't, I feel like it's out of character, but Doug wants to hop on this thing so bad. Jake looks back at... Um, at Hagen and at Raquel and he shakes his head and he, and he shrugs and goes I've made some terrible decisions today Then he gets on top of the uh, and he gets on top of the pterodactyl
3: Jake what are you doing?
0: Don't you know you never split the party? <laughs>
3: I feel like we just had three whole episodes about not splitting the party
4: yeah, but we just did three whole episodes of a party split. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> fine.
3: Semantics. Jake
4: looks back. Jake looks back. All right, fine. I'll do this right. Jake looks back at the at the rest of the party um, and says, I made some terrible decisions today. I really want to ride on this thing.
3: <laughs> hey, if if we save them, you can ride them all you want.
4: Jake knows that that's patronizing, but he's okay with it. And, uh, <laughs> and so he- Definitely didn't he even of, know that
3: was patronizing.
4: He comes back to the party. He comes back to the party. Just, you can tell his shoulders are slumped, guys. He is, he's sad about this. But, but he feels a sense of hope. You're right. We go and save these guys. Man, he can fly these things all he wants.
2: Crumb begins to speak to Chip and these- Terra, Terra planes, Terra flyers. We'll, we'll, we'll edit and post. it will be a cool name. Lobster dactyls. Lobster dactyls is exactly what they are. <laughs> Crumb begins to talk to them, and he's he's poking around in some of his pockets, and he's trying to pull stuff out. He turns around to you guys. Hey, do any of you have an extra uh, communicator? I'm, I'm gonna give it to Chip, and uh, we we might be able to use them as a surprise.
4: Doug burns a resource. I got two more of these. Doug's going to burn a supply. And just casually, Jake reaches into his coverall, pulls out a communicator, and tosses it to him.
2: Crumb catches it, and he he manipulates it with his little Tesla coils a little bit. And he he makes it so that it fits onto Chip a little bit better. And he walks over and pins it on him. And <laughs> real, real close, you guys hear in your own communicators, Chip just go, uh, <coughs> test, testing. Uh, one,
0: <laughs> one, two, test, <laughs> test, test. test. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Sibowets,
2: So Crumb turns around. So we're going to teleport in. Do you want these lobster dactyls to uh, strafe or cause some chaos or just meet us there?
0: Ooh, David loves chaos.
4: Yeah, so does Doug.
3: So does Nicola.
4: Jake's made terrible decisions today
0: yeah but David hasn't chaos (laughs) no (laughs) Uh,
4: wait no I think I think I really do think that Jake would look at the party and say um, have them be ready someplace near but don't go in until they absolutely have to if you're seen go on in but if you're not seen hang tight until we get there
0: we could also say wait for the signal
4: that's great that's much better than what I had (laughs)
0: well i i mean obviously if you get caught you know defend yourself and go on but otherwise wait for the signal you'll know when you see it
3: um are we gonna teach each other the signal (laughs) because um hagen
0: uh Uh hagen goes over the mind network to raquel and he's like i'm I'm kind of counting on there to be some sort of big explosion. I am almost positive something is going to go wrong and explode. And that's when we're going to need their help.
3: Raquel is standing there and we're going to get we're going to get sad for a second because Raquel is sad because she's standing there watching, like thinking about what Cr- her and Crumb talked about because she's not. She doesn't know how to plan an attack or an army. But thinking about what Crumb talked about and then seeing all of these people, like, creatures walk up. Like, she is kind of horrified. And she's having a moment while everybody's just talking around her. And the only way you can really describe it is that brief moment when you learn about how the world really is, where you have a little bit of a regret and and kind of want to go back to being ignorant. And when she hears about, like, she sees these things jump down and and she is, like, making, cracks a joke about the signal, she suddenly is like, we're gonna make a difference. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. We're gonna make a difference. And then she goes back to thinking about how she has no idea how to how to handle an army, and is just like, "Oh crap."
2: Crumb picks up on your feelings. Figured he would. Y- you guys have have really formed a connection.
3: <laughs> I thought about I connection. thought about hiding that from him, but then I was like, yeah.
2: He he comes over to you, and again, he just he reaches out for your hand with his little tentacles, and he he just gently rests them on on the back of your your hand. It's okay to be scared. Not everybody has the skills they need at every situation they get themselves into. Sometimes you you just have to jump into it both feet first and hope that you do what's best for everybody. You know, these creatures have been made into to weapons, and I I think that's that's never good. That's never good for things to be created with only a sole purpose. And not every weapon is only good for that. Some weapons are also tools, and when you find that they can be used for something else, it's best to make sure that you use them for that purpose instead.
3: True. They're also sentient, and they're gonna get hurt. It's gonna take me a while to understand that.
2: Hopefully we can prevent as many people from getting hurt as possible, but this is their freedom we're talking about as well. And I think they're they're ready to give what is necessary to to help us and to get what they want. Let's just make sure we're doing our best to help
4: them.
3: Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> hey, in your like two hundred thousand years, have you ever fought a vampire?
2: <laughs> of course I fought a fucking vampire. Are you kidding me? I fought va- va- vampires? What do you think
5: this is?
0: Okay. Pot- fought vampires. Vamp Nazis Vamp vampires.
3: Uh, have we talked about that yet? Vamp- yeah, we said I've it. have been saying it this whole time. I was not I, listening to you. It is just <laughs> it is it is a chronic chronic it's, issue. It's, it's a, a good,
4: good thing my notes. It's
3: a
0: good
4: Vampirates. thing that you came up with good better side quest because now you're just broken even.
3: Every yep, I just have to ride that because <laughs> of this and yeah. maybe you'll invite me back next time. Uh.
2: Hagen, are you done with your math?
0: Yes, I am. I am done with math. I look at all the uh, all the math I've got, and slowly feed it into my mouth on paper that's like a dot matrix paper or, or dot matrix printer paper. You know,
1: <laughs> making the <clears throat> yeah, it's like making <clears throat> the noise
0: and everything as I eat it, and I'm like, okay, this math checks out. I think I can do it. Who all is coming with me? I just have to move two variables. It's <laughs> a lot of variables. It's not. Not for me. Not for me. I'm Hagen.
2: <laughs> Crum ho- hovers over next to you and gets close and just nods up at you.
0: Okay, so Crum, Raquel? Yeah? Are you coming too? Yeah.
4: And Jake steps forward too.
0: I thought Jake was I thought you were going to ride the Terran the the lobster dactyl. No,
4: no we went back and re-recorded I'm not getting on the lobster dactyl, I'm coming with y'all and if we (laughs) win if we survive, I'm riding the shit out of a lobster dactyl
3: exactly, we had a moment, I said if we survive, you can do it all
4: yeah, and she's right she's absolutely right, and I hate that she's right Doug hates it worse than Jake Doug's Doug's, god damn it, I wanted to ride a lobster dactyl
3: okay well we're gonna yep So and I'm so sure it's... there's more animals than just the lobster dactyl you can ride so
4: you know oh shit I bet there's some lobster ross oh, I was trying to make rhinoceros and lobster go together and I've got my mouth just
3: lobster rosserus
0: rhinoceros rhinoceros
5: rhinoceros rhinoceros make it short and not
3: funny that's fine <laughs>
5: <God>.
0: <laughs> lobster puss. No, now, now you're kidding. Now I'm just having fun. <laughs> now, now I'm just. The
2: rhinoceros. Oh, God damn it. The uh, lobster the dactyls. The lobster dactyls. The lobster dactyls begin their exit from the cave, and they, they're kind of waddling, but as soon as the cave opens up wide enough for them to fly, that space between the ship and the cave where that, that wave was going through that Jake and Raquel you noticed, they just head south and they go through that opening and they begin taking off at like jet engine speeds and just <laughs> away from you.
0: Oh, that's dope as hell. Oh. Oh man, why didn't any of us ride on one
4: of those? Jake gives everybody the meanest look. Like, I could have done that. I could have done that.
2: <laughs> As you all come into this little circle, the rest of those creatures just walk out to the edge of the cave and start bridging the gap. Most of them are strong enough to just jump into that, that tunnel that you came from, Jake and Raquel, and... Feather is waiting there, and he's, they're helping just grab people from one side that can't make it, and transporting them to the other side, and they turn and look at you guys and go,
5: this might take a little while, but uh, we're gonna do our part. Go kick some ass, I guess. And as he says that,
2: the transportation spheres that Hagen has start making circles around you. Hagen, roll plus intelligence.
0: Oh no, I have to, I have to cash the check. I thought I could just write it. Oh no, man. <laughs> Gotta put your Fuck. name on. It. <laughs> Fuck. That is you said just plus intelligence. Do you have a skill that can help? I have science and tech. That is what I have. Pick one and justify it, please. I mean I did a whole bunch of math. <laughs> so I have to I have to think that science is involved. Okay.
3: Also, not to, like, not to be that person, but in David's episode, you did let him use tech.
0: Uh, Okay. So it'll be tech then. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we're going to re-roll one of these, because otherwise, right now, it's a six.
3: Is one of these the Yahtzee die? Because we were having good luck.
0: No. We were not having good luck with the Yahtzee die. It It was these two guys. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so that is four plus four plus two. That's a 10, my dude. Hagen. Yes.
2: Where do you want the transportation orbs to take you?
0: Can they go someplace as specific as like next to Cap? No, it's got to be a location. It's got to be like the bridge of the ship or something like that. If if Yeah,
2: like you, you couldn't be like... Captain Ripley's hip like you don't have her location but like you can you can specify a very specific location just not a person.
0: I've seen the fly. I know why we don't teleport to people. <laughs> I I kind of imagine it. Do you guys remember the <laughs> the Futurama movie Bender's big score with the time traveling bubble? He he finds a code that lets him go like back in time and he he it's binary so you just hear him go zero one zero zero one one zero zero like really fast and he walks into it uh, and he just says where he wants to go so I, I think that's how these work is is like he he says the math to these orbs and they create this giant bubble that'll hold uh, the the four of us he, he walks in and he says we would like to go to the bridge of the Aegean Manticore preferably facing the entrance door. Please. These orbs
2: circle everybody and they make the the sphere that Hagen just described. And as they're spinning, you lose track of them because they move so fast. And then the surroundings turn from cave to the bridge of the Aegean Manticore.
3: So as the cave was disappearing, Raquel says, what's the plan after the... Vampirates are dead. And then we appear on the bridge.
2: Uh. (laughs) Kill him again. Two things happen as soon as you guys appear on the bridge of the Manticore. The first one is that Crumb faints. The second thing is that in the direction you're facing, there are four pirates, including Punch Ironsides, in their more vampiric form and captain calvin is standing in front of punch she is bloodied and she is a little haggard she is holding a pistol by the barrel and you can see that there's blood and viscera on the the butt of the gun and you can see that the pirate she's been fighting while they're healing, have a lot of holes in their clothes and that she has just been pummeling the ever-loving hell out of these pirates. Her and Punch are going back and forth and almost having a debate at this point. And every time Punch comes in to try and grapple, she takes the butt of the gun and just whips it onto his temple and pushes him into the ground. (laughs) And she takes a step back and just huffs and puffs and just, listen, Punch. I told you i'm not a pirate anymore and i'm not going to be a goddamn vampire so you can get off the bridge of my ship or we can do this for the rest of the day <sighs> and punch stands up and just goes listen calvin i'm just you you're you're so good when you helped me out i know you got your mother ship but please we're, we're, we're trying to get back into the business, and you're our ticket home. Now, if you don't join the crew, we're going to have to make you. Now, will you just listen to reason? And before he finishes the word reason, the butt of the gun comes down onto his temple again and slams his head into the ground. How and many Calvin... times
0: are we going to teach you this lesson, <laughs> old man? <laughs>
2: yeah. And after that, Calvin just takes a step back and stumbles into the captain's chair and looks over and sees everybody just goes, oh, thank God. Oh, thank God you're here. Hagen waves. Can you please help me get them off my ship?
4: <laughs> oh, kind, of kind of on a whim, uh, Jake reaches into his um, in, into his coverall. He, he reaches into his coverall and he pulls out his flashlight and he turns on the inch-wide laser and points to the back of Punch's head.
0: Hagen picks up on this and uh, looks at, at uh, Punch And uh, he says,
1: target acquired.
0: Anti-vampire gun automated. Would you like to fire?
4: Jake looks at him and just nods like, of course.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Raquel does not pick up on the laser because Raquel had reached in for her bowie knife and then realized Crumb fainted. And that's what she's looking at.
0: Quietly, Hagen is going to whisper to Jake, I am trying to, believe the term is bluff.
4: Jake looks at Hagen and he stops him and he goes, "I thought an inch-wide laser would burn a hole straight through a goddamn vampire." <laughs> There's smoke coming off the
2: back of his head. Oh, they, like, as as he's sitting there, the the laser is is do is you know it's just smoldering, but it's not sunlight. So, oh. as, as that's Wish happening, his hair catches earlier. fire. <laughs> And Punch looks over at me and goes, Ow! Ow! What are you doing, mate? That that doesn't feel good at all. What? And he smacks the fire out and he just rolls over. And I, are you still are you still holding the laser on him? Oh my him? god, yes,
4: this thing's battery you have no <laughs> this battery life. Will last as long as a vampire lasts. So I'm just telling you that this is oh, a you're badass flashlight. Oh, you trying to do like flashlight. the fucking
2: the scene from the first Blade with the big fat vampire where he's got the flashlight
4: and he like burns him. While oh he's shit, I'd there? forgotten about that. But yeah, basically, <laughs> I'm just gonna chase okay. him with the laser and keep him on the ground.
2: Give me, give me a, give me a roll and tell me what you're adding to it.
4: All right. I wanna, I wanna
2: see how Jake handles this. Yeah.
4: Okay. So you um remember. Earlier, um, when Jake was at was at the command center uh, with the guns, and he he held his target and he held his target and he held his target until the very last second, uh, and then he then he fired the flesh at cannon. We've seen that Jake has like really like nerves of steel, willpower when it comes to uh, situations like this. So I'm gonna add willpower. Okay. Um and. Can I reroll a skill or just the abilities?
2: What skill are you using to go along with this?
4: It's manipulation. It's okay. uh, it's reading, it's reading his body language and knowing which way he's going to move so that I can keep the laser on him. So we well, am going to reroll one of these. Perfect. And now it is a 12.
2: Nice. Jake, every time Punch moves or pats out the the fire that is springing up on his body, you can tell that his his human flesh is becoming a little less stable and the vampire is coming further and further out. You start seeing paler skin, you see more veins, his teeth get a little bit longer, his hair gets a little more haggard, his eyes, the pupils start growing and growing and growing until they're almost bat-like. Explain to me how you rid the ship of Punch Ironside.
4: I'm gonna try to back him into a corner with my laser. And in the meantime, in the meantime, reach for my, uh, reach for my stun gun. Okay. It'll be in my offhand, which won't be that good, but it'll at least be out.
0: Do you not want to kill him? I think no one's asking how you want to do this. Uh, I just mean, like, do you want to run do you want to run him
2: out the cabin window that's still open? Are you trying to, like, actually end his life? Or what What are you trying to do to this pirate captain?
4: I'm trying to put him down, I'm trying to put him down in a corner. Uh, in a non-lethal but extremely painful and unfortunate and, and inconvenient sort of way, so that we can then decide what to do with
0: him. So That's passive-aggressive.
4: Yeah, and so that maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jake's got a lot of reckoning to do. But he's he he he's he's at first going to try this non-lethal thing, but it's real it's real brutal, and he's going to try to scoot him across the floor. Um, and if he's if the laser didn't get him, he's going to try to zap him with the. Uh, with the cattle prod.
2: As Punch begins to degenerate more and more into this, this vampire, you stay out of arm's reach. He's not able to grab you or claw at you. And he feels his back press up against some of the panels and really starts acting like a, a, a caged animal. And as he jumps for you, you, you have these nerves of steel. And as he comes forward, you keep the, the laser in his eyes and it begins to like really burn his forehead. He gets within arm's reach and you grab the cattle prod and you put it under his chin and you bring him all the way to the ground and you put it on his throat between his, his chin and his Adam's apple and you just force his head into the ground and just begin shocking him. And he just sits there and rides and smokes but is no longer protesting to what you're doing.
4: Yeah, Jake looks at the at the other pirates that have been just standing there, and and looks at him, and he, he cuts his eyes, and he he puts his hat back on the like kind of back on his head so they can see his whole face, and he looks at him, and he goes, "Who's next?" And he's still just like in his other hand, and he swings the laser in their direction.
0: You want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts.
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: Raquel, we're about to come to you, but Hagen. Do you have anything you want to do to back Jake up?
0: I think Hagen is going to just kind of stand around menacingly and, and keep any, any of them from trying to stop uh, Jake, even though it seems like they're all doing the Batman thug thing where... Mm, that's what like, it felt like to me, too. No, no, no. <laughs> it's the boss's turn to fight Jake. We should all wait and then run away when he dies. <laughs> um, <laughs> while,
2: while you're standing there... Hagen, you get a little beep in your head, like a little little beeper. Papa, do you require any assistance?
0: My son, we require all the assistance. Please come to the bridge. You
2: see some spheres appear in the ship, and all of a sudden, the newly formed Jacker is there. He looks almost unrecognizable from the last time you saw him. He was a, a Hoganite that was working on his leg, and had Jacker as a head. He is now about half Hoganite and half the, the alien's robot. The leg has replaced, it's big and yellow and clompy. He's replaced one of his hands with one of the big pinchers, so it's kind of hanging on the ground. He's added some armor. And as he comes onto the ship, he uses the big pinching claw to pick up one of the, the vampires. And he says, I am Jacker of Hagen. Resistance is futile. Your life as it has been is over. From this time forward, you will service us. And then he squeezes really hard.
0: He couldn't, he couldn't get that out of it. it it's like every time, every time he squeezes it, he's, he's, I don't know how to get that out of there. <laughs> Raquel,
2: the Bowie knife that you grabbed, was it the one that Ripley handed you?
3: Yeah, that's that's what I went for. I before we have my really touching moment where I save Crumb's life. Um, I just want a point of clarification. Does the ship's sunlight not affect these vampires?
2: No, it's not. It's not Earth sunlight.
3: Okay, I was just checking because I was like, it felt real, and maybe because it's space, I could just no. Okay, anyway, so yeah. So that's
2: that's like. Some bullshit deep-cut lore that I'm putting in there that it's only Earth's sun that affects them, which is why they can be vampires elsewhere. Vampires (sighs) in
4: space!
3: (laughs) That's fine. Yes. Um, The only Bowie knife I have, because the other thing I have are daggers, apparently, is the one that Ripley gave me.
2: As you put your hand on the handle of this Bowie knife, something you haven't done yet, in your head, you hear both Calvin and Crumb's voice echoing as you touch it some weapons can be tools and that repeats and echoes in your head as you touch this knife as you pull it out of its scabbard and you hold it in front of your face what what is the first thing you think
3: defending i'm thinking about defending myself that that's what i'm thinking of defending myself
2: so as you pull this knife from its scabbard you're initially worried about crumb, and you, you hold it out, and the end of the knife is not a knife, it's a stethoscope. And then you turn around and see that the vampires are, are mostly handled, but you're worried about defending yourself, and as you look at it again, it's no longer a stethoscope or a dagger, it is extended into a full four-foot rapier. You have a, an entire sword in front of your, your face.
3: And I think this startles her to, like, she's, you know, she's, her her family does some weird shit. She's, she's familiar with like technology, but she had a stethoscope and now she's got a rapier and she's just like, what, what the hell is going on? Uh, and so now she's holding the rapier, but seeing that the vampires are handled, she still wants to figure out why Crumb fainted. And we've just, that was 15 minutes ago. And I'm curious as hell. Why, why did my best friend just faint?
0: Oh, he's your best friend.
3: We've already gone over this. <laughs> We've already been over this. I get it. It's weird that you're my that I'm your
0: best friend, but you're not my best friend.
4: <laughs>
3: Crum doesn't know that he's my best friend. I'm not his best friend. And you're I'm your best friend, but you're not my best friend. And it's just it's this platonic love triangle. It's awkward. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Crum extremely weakly lifts one single tentacle up and is trying to find you, Rekal. <laughs> Do you have an ET moment?
4: You reach I'll out one finger and be touch
2: it.
0: right here. <laughs>
3: um we have an E T moment and um no, I yeah. I I put my I put my hand by his tentacle.
2: Give me a willpower roll, please.
3: Okay, well remember how I'm really bad at rolling and like it just it, it adds to my personality. Yeah. Um,
4: You're going to level up soon.
3: Yeah. Okay.
0: But like, maybe this is clearly a skill, like clearly a skill. Okay. Like, my skills one... are
3: manipulation and survival.
0: This I... seems like a survival thing. It seems like if you don't succeed, you will not survive.
3: <laughs> Crumb will not survive. I feel like Crumb's not going to survive. Um, let me let me
2: describe this and then you tell me if survival or manipulation or something might come in handy and then we'll see if you can reroll mm-hmm as you reach your finger out to touch crumb and and let him know you're there sort of a a psychic static shock sparks between you you're able to tell that if you reach out to him whatever psychic, crushing pressure is on him will be transferred to you
3: hmm i mean i feel like that survival because he's he faint it caused him to faint and i don't want to faint but i might but i'd prefer not to i feel like i'm gonna faint either way because i rolled a one and a two so i'm gonna re-roll that one but that two is still gonna be (laughs) it is it does look like a 12 it Um, does indeed so I'm just gonna re-roll that one and we're gonna we're gonna say that you accepted my argument. Yeah. Oh
0: it's a six. You rolled a six. That's so good. You rolled a six. You roll that's the face people make when they roll a six. When they rolled a one before Did you roll another fucking one?
3: I did, but um <laughs> you know maybe the audience should know. Maybe the audience should know that I got out of bed at 7 a.m. to record the session. And so the fact that on my willpower roll, I got a five altogether. It just reflects on, (laughs) I need to go back to bed. (laughs) Okay, so I got a five, and that's a season wrap on Raquel. Uh, (laughs) I do have a new character ready. Um, Her name is... Just Michelle, I'm Mark. Not kidding. Uh,
2: <laughs> what is, happens to her, my willpower of five? So Mark experience for one.
3: Okay, that brings me to four experience. Just that's how bad I keep messing up.
2: You don't die. There's no. There's no damage from this, but you do also faint. But you reached out to Crumb, and you are in this kind of psychic plane with Crumb, and you are you're both unconscious, and in front of you is this mountain-sized version of Crumb. This plane that you're in, all you feel is hate, but underneath that, you're able to tell that there is an immense amount of fear driving this hate. Crumb turns to you in this place. Whoever that is, they're in charge, and we need to stop them. It looks like we're out of commission physically, but I think unfortunately for them, they've taken us to a place where we can do our best work. So we need to hide for now, but let's come up with a plan on how to how to help from this side.
3: Okay, yeah, let's do that. That sounds like a great plan. And so we hide?
2: You're in a place that is completely made of psychic energy. You, you, you have been taken to this this psychic realm. How do you want to hide from this presence?
3: Boy, I wish my bowie knife wasn't in the material plane. Hey, look at that. You're a
2: psychic and you created it in your hand. That's what I was thinking. That here.
3: I, that's what I was thinking <laughs> is I could totally, you know, I can manipulate this with my brain. And so I'm thinking that like, it could be a jungle and I have my bowie knife. Yeah, I mean, in my mind. So then my Bowie knife appears as I'm thinking I wish I had my Bowie knife. That's not a Bowie knife. It's a rapier. And then I'm like, oh, oh, we can just we can just hide. And I want to I want to like distort it around us like an igloo so that almost not that, you know, my brain always goes to D&D, but almost like pass without a trace to where we're not it's not obvious that there's a big igloo here. It's just distorted enough that you can't really tell.
2: You've you've created this bubble of psychic darkness. Uh huh. And Crum hovers closer to you. He's not wearing his suit at this point. He's just a, a floating manowar, you know, hovering next to you. hmm. And this this hateful presence reaches out to you.
3: Well, it, it looks, looks like I've like brought some psychics
5: into this place. You think you may be hiding, but I will find you. And trust me, we will complete our mission.
0: Does anyone else think that was the darkness?
3: Yeah, 100%. Yep, it already crossed my mind. And their mission? That's not great. Problem. I don't want them to finish the mission. Okay, but it kind of sounds like he doesn't know where we are. And I have a rapier that's also a stethoscope.
2: As you say, both of those items, a, a stethoscope and a rapier, it turns into both of those things as the words come out of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Crumb chuckles, which is a little odd. Well, let's take advantage of this and see what we can do. It looks like Jake and Hagen and Jacker? I, I, I guess that's Jacker now? Uh, I, I think they'll be able to handle some things while we talk to this person. I don't, I don't know. I, I can feel that they are one of my people, but something's wrong.
3: Also, we can see that they were one of your people. They were the size of a mountain. Um, That's what I
2: mean by something's wrong.
3: <laughs> yeah, something's really wrong. Um, they, it, is this what happens when you don't split? Do you grow to this si- like Can you continue growing in size if you don't split? That's not
2: what's supposed to happen. To be fair we are essentially existing in their mind this could just be how they see themselves
3: oh inflated ego okay yeah well okay i did forget that we're in their mind we're in their mind palace and we have to build our own rooms got it cool
2: crumb hovers over to the edge of the the sphere that you've made Uh, around him is this he starts creating his own things as well and he makes this a almost Hoganite body, but it's like kind of carapace, kind of robot that like he builds around himself and he goes, I like the inflated ego metaphor. Let's stick with that and let's go deflate it.
3: Pop that bitch's bubble. <laughs>
2: and with that, we're going to come back out into the world. Hagen and Jake, Raquel and Crum have essentially passed out on the floor. Ripley is sitting in her chair, heaving, and she looks at you guys. I was able to get some things sort of running again. I had to hardwire some batteries to turn things on. If there's any way you guys can figure anything out to to get the ship running, I would be appreciative, but I need to sit down for a couple of minutes. So maybe go check some things out. And as she's talking, you guys hear a commotion. You hear shots, and the the flap of wings, and screeches, and things being dropped, and there's 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 shit happening on the ship. What do you do?
0: Tele- teleport orbs, can you take us home? Uh, no. <laughs> I got an idea, fuck this. This... So there's the sound of flying and shit breaking on the ship? On,
2: sorry, on the, the
0: larger ship, oh, not okay. on the manticore. Outside. Okay. I, I think I'm going to look out the window and see if maybe the lobster dactyls thought they saw something as the signal.
2: You look outside and the, the lobster dactyls are jetting around. They are. You can see them making almost bombing runs. They're picking things up and you just see things fall out of their claws and they're flying around.
0: Jake, do you follow him? I'm just looking out the front window.
4: He's got the 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 vampire captain back into a corner right i would say
2: with the the length that you've been shocking him and the amount of damage you've done you can ascertain that he's not going to move for a couple of minutes if you let go all right right he has ceased his writhing for a little while
0: i didn't write down how many supply i have do i have any supply yeah you start with
2: three i want to so if you if you haven't used any, then you have three.
0: I wanna use one. And it's something that Hagen has held on to and, and in fact I think all three of his supply are this. They are blood samples of humans from his planet with the disease. And I think he force feeds it to Punch.
2: So Punch is Punch is uh incapacitated, so there's no role for this because he's not he's not gonna be able to do anything.
0: Yeah is he is he conscious enough for me to say something to him and him under like him understand it or is he completely out
2: uh, he's he's completely out at this point but there are there's at least one other pirate being squished by jacker so there are other vampires to witness this
0: Hagan is going to let jacker have have his fun his dark horrific fun and he's going to walk over to one of those other vampires. Grab them by the collar. not uh, The collarbone, almost. I imagine they're kind of gaunt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So by the collarbone, and he's going to bring it close to his face. And he's going to say, That killed everything on my planet. Everything. If you value this, and he, he gestures to, to punch, you will take him and you will go find a cure. Fast. And he, he like lets go and does that kind of push as he does. And he walks with Jake and he says, all right, let's get this bread.
4: Jake just looks at him kind of sideways and uh, shakes his head. (sighs) Jesus.
2: As, as you guys walk out the, the front of the bridge the the vampires do indeed take punch and skedaddle they leap that that was enough for them to understand you have something that can permanently end their lives so they they just take off and they're fleeing
0: hagen walks over to ripley and he gives her one of the vials uh and he says if things go real bad and you don't think You can make it. Pop the top and give him one last fuck you, Captain. Ripley
2: holds out her hands like she's getting a religious object from you, which I imagine it almost is. Yeah. And she takes it and she puts it into her breast pocket and hides it and says, I hope it won't come to that. But I've been fighting I've been fighting these vampires for a long time, and if there's any way to go out, I think it's this way. Thank you. She relaxes back in her chair and pulls out, pulls up a, a data pad and continues trying to repair the ship as you guys walk out. I need you both to roll me plus intelligence.
0: Yes, and sorry we Jake. took forever to get here. No, no, no,
2: no. <laughs> Jake, roll with advantage.
0: Oh, whew, good. Oh, that's a
4: six. I'll mark, experience. So partial success. Do you, do you not have any intelligence? Nope, I have zero intelligence.
0: And did and you and roll with advantage?
4: And I rolled a seven, but I got that ability that lets me change the uh, uh um that lets me change from a partial success to a full success once per game. So it's a 10.
0: Nice. David? What uh, did Hagen roll? I, I got a 2 and a 2 plus 2. So I got 6 unless I can use science or tech. But I don't think I can. You can use tech. I can use tech? Right, let's re-roll one of these 3-2s. It's a two again. Okay, so... I got uh, I, I got that big Nicola energy today.
3: Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean...
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> so, David,
2: uh, mark experience. I did. The thing about cylindrical ships is that in the very center of the ship, there's no gravity. So they're able to essentially ferry things in the middle of this ship that are very heavy without them being pulled apart. Jake, they're building something in the middle of this ship that you recognize and you fear. Oh no. They have begun construction on the weapon of mass destruction whose blueprints you carried with you. And they are working at an extremely rapid pace. And the noise that you guys have been hearing are the lobster dactyls trying to pull workers off of this construction. Good Better Quest, a Final Plank Media production. Today's GM was Nolan Lacy. Players are David Hallman, Doug Holly, and Nicholas Snyder. Additional voices provided by Meg of Chasing Tales. Find her on Twitter at MyLadyMeg. That's M-Y underscore Lady underscore Meg. Music provided by Kevin McLeod and TabletopAudio.com. As always...